0: Well, good morning. Welcome to the latest podcast from me, Dr. Chris Keel. And I apologize for my froggy voice. This is not my normal dulcet tones. For some reason, my voice has decided to abandon me today, so I sound like a frog at the bottom of a barrel. So hopefully, my next week, I'm a little more normal. In the meantime, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the labor market and its influence on Fed policy and all the rest of that. So, a little bit of a primer before we get started, just to kind of understand how this stuff all connects. The Fed has very limited tools. When it comes right down to it, it's a very blunt process. I mean, they don't really have the ability to fine-tune. So, what they're trying to do is dry up money. They're trying to make sure that businesses don't have as much access to money, consumers don't have as much access to money, because then they won't spend it, and if they don't spend it, then prices stop rising. At least that's the theory. So it is very much a blunt instrument. It's basically restricting access to cash, with the hope that that eventually has an impact on inflation. So. Anything that undercuts their ability to dry up that money supply compromises what they're trying to accomplish. So We have this issue of the shadow banking system, and the shadow banking system is not as sinister as it sounds. It's basically any institution that can distribute money, lend money. Without being under Fed control. And that's going to be things like insurance companies, it's going to be venture funds, it's going to be angel funds, all these different ways that investors find to get a return on their investment. And venture funds have really grown in the last several years. If you remember some of the previous talks where we've talked about. The 3.5, 3.6 trillion dollars in excess savings that's in the economy, much of that in the hands of the upper 30%. These people have put their money into investment funds. They have put a lot of their cash into those venture funds, into those angel funds. Those institutions are still distributing money. So even as the Fed is trying to slow down what banks can do, these other institutions just keep on working. And that money is still out there. So there is a limit to what the Fed can actually accomplish with interest rates. The mantra with central banks, and I've talked about this before too, is that they will raise rates until they break something. And once they have broken it, Then they try to figure out when they should start lowering rates in order to fix what it was they broke. Well, they don't quite know what's broken at this stage because the trick that they have always relied on has been employment. They look at the unemployment rate and say, hey, when the unemployment rate starts to really rise, then we know we have successfully slowed the economy down. We know we have broken something. Well, today's job numbers don't exactly sing broken economy. We gained 300,000 jobs. We were expecting 200,000, a little less than the 500,000 we had the month before. So it's slowing down somewhat, but it's still growing. And so the Fed looks at this and say, well, on the one hand, it's good news that people are getting jobs and businesses are still growing. However, we're trying to slow the economy down. And if the economy is not showing signs of slowing, then we need to keep raising rates. So the hope had been among investors that this would be an anemic job report, which it was not. So now the Fed has even more of an excuse to raise rates, and you can see how that's been playing out in the bond market because overnight, and this is basically something we're recording on a Friday. The bond market was taking all kinds of hits, four of the major banks were being down. They lost like $52 billion in asset value because people were distrusting their bond portfolios. The bond market does not like it when the rates get higher. So all of this is kind of cascading around the fact that we're still showing growth. We haven't really shown the deterioration that a central bank would want to see. So, what that translates into is higher rates, probably another half point increase at the next time they meet, which is in another week or so. There had been some conversation about them slowing down and maybe not raising rates at all, but now it's looking more and more likely that they will raise rates. I don't think we're going to see a big three-quarter of a point increase, but half point seems fairly consensus at this stage. So we're kind of in a a weird place right now where we're seeing signs of decline in some sectors, but still we're seeing a lot of, of intriguing growth numbers. One of the more interesting observations that was made by the Fed was that the fact that we've had warmer weather thus far this year has been encouraging inflation. They have actually been able to determine that there have been a gain of 126,000 jobs just because the weather has been warmer. And that translates back to construction. This is the time of year when construction generally shuts down and people lose jobs, get temporarily laid off, and no hiring takes place. But the weather has been cooperative in much of the country and those construction projects have continued or started and that's mad hiring. And that's one of the things that led to the gain in, in jobs we saw today and the overall kind of surge in, in hiring activity, no real evidence of high unemployment. So there you have it, the sort of complicated dance between employment and interest rates and bank policy and how they're going to control that shadow banking system if they can control it at all, and that's going to be a story that we're going to be dealing with for the next several months at least. So I am going to quit croaking at you now, and we're just going to wait until next week when I sound a little more human. Thanks very much. Talk to you later.